Hey, this is Andy. And this is Chelsea. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, the podcast on which we rewatch very special episodes of television from the past to see what, if anything, they have to teach us today. And today we'll learn nothing because <laughs> we are watching Punky Brewster, The Perils of Punky, episodes one and two. This is the second of our two click or treat episodes. That's right. Which, if you need a little refresher, is our annual Halloween listener drive. And this is a two-way street, you know, you give and you get. What we need from you is a really awesome iTunes review or a really super great post about us on social media. Folks, we're tired of you sitting around on your lazy podcast listening butts. <laughs> I don't think uh, we should insult them. No, no, hold on. I got this one. Listen, punks. Uh, no, we are trying <laughs> to increase, obviously, our listenership. We want to share this podcast with as many people as possible. And we need your help. But we ain't doing it for free. So we get you to do a couple things. And then you guys get some sweet uh, prizes out of the deal. Yeah. If you do one of these things, if you leave us an iTunes review mm -hmm. or you post about us on social media, you will then get in the mail either a Hugging and Learning sticker, or if you got one of those last year and you don't want another one for whatever dumb reason. Or you hate you, stickers. You hate stickers. You can get a Hugging and Learning coaster. But that's not all. What? Everyone who is entered into the Click or Treat process and gets one of these things is also entered to win the very special prize package. Yay. Which includes more stickers and coasters, what? a Hugging and Learning mug, what? a shout out on the podcast. What? A copy of Peter Ingalls' book, I Was Saved by the Bell. That's as high as my voice can go. And an amazing assortment of highly curated snackity snacks. Yeah. So if you want to be entered to win all that goodness, and if you want, regardless of the drawing, a sticker or a coaster, all you got to do is post about us on social media or leave us an iTunes review and then send us to our DMs or to our email address hugging and learning podcast at gmail.com send us your address we won't use it for anything except to send you your prize if you want a sticker if you want the grand prize or if you just want to assuage your guilt of being a goddamn freeloader <laughs> a podcast freeloader <laughs> then you know enter this uh, click or treat contest and yeah. uh help us out and we'll send you some cool stuffs yeah and also, we just like to hear from you. So if yeah. you want to throw an episode request in there or some sort of, you know, comment about your favorite My So-Called Life character you want to hug, Lord. just throw that on in the message, too. You can also not mention My So-Called Life at all. Or you could. So uh, now... Two options. <laughs> so thanks... On, uh, Andy's Nightmares. <laughs> So-Called Life tidbits. So... So-Called is coming from inside the house. <laughs> oh, my God. The So-Called is coming from inside your life. It's fine. <laughs> There's a joke in there somewhere. You I guys like figure it. No, it out. I got it. Yeah, so thank you for tuning in for the second episode of Click or Treat. We are doing parts one and two of The Perils of Punky, Punky Brewster. That's right. We are um, not saying Catalan no to this. <laughs> uh, it's Catalan no. So yeah. You can watch... All of Punky Brewster on Amazon Prime Video. Hey, everybody. It's Andy. I'm recording this later after I left the <laughs> podcast earlier. After Chelsea's joke, I felt really uncomfortable, so I quit. Welcome to my new podcast, my so-called podcast. We are going to watch all the 19 episodes of my so-called life. Hey, it's Andy. Life. I'm back. Uh, Miles mentioned that Chelsea was going to start a new podcast, and it sounded horrifying, so I came back uh, to save all of you. I don't want to be here. <laughs> But you're welcome. I'm under duress. 
the perils of punky part one hostage situation (laughs) the perils of andy the perils of andy (laughs) part one and two Um, uh so this is season (laughs) this is season two episode six and seven which premiered on the same night there's no week-long cliffhanger back in the 80s no Uh, this was a full hour of punky brewster they had that night october 20th 1985 Mm -hmm. and it was written by David Ducklin, who's the creator of Punky Brewster, and also wrote the both, or he definitely wrote the Challenger explosion. Yeah, that was going to be my, you wrote what, the fucking Challenger episode. <laughs> did he write the Cherry like Lifesaver? I don't think he did. wrote that. Let's find out real quick, though, please. Yeah. The Ordinary World, just a quick refresher. We've already done two Punky episodes, but in case you just joined us. The Ordinary World is that Punky Brewster is about a girl uh, named Penelope, Punky Brewster, who is abandoned with her dog Brandon in a supermarket by her mother. Um, she doesn't want to stay in an orphanage, and so she is taken as foster child by Henry Warnemont, sort of a curmudgeonly older photographer. The show is set in Chicago. It aired for four seasons between 1984 and 1988 on NBC, and it covered a lot of dark material. There were murders, bankruptcy, kids trapped in refrigerators, the frailty of adults, child abandonment, flaws in the foster care system, a serial killer episode. There were a lot of really dark episodes of Punky. This may be the most horrifying. Listen, folks, every year, uh, as long as we can stand to be on the air, we will be doing these Halloween episodes of of things that were either... The idea behind the the, uh, Halloween episodes that we look at are just as... The very special episodes were misguided in, I bet we can tackle this uh, uh, this important issue in a show geared towards family members. These Halloween episodes that we choose are often, I bet we can make a lighthearted spooky show that doesn't, you know, traumatize a child for the rest of their life. <laughs> and they very, very rarely succeed in either Fail. of these things. Uh, Perils of Punky, I think I watched uh, live on the air oh, as a child, and it was terrifying. Let me read you just the titles of the two articles that I found to do my quick research on this. The titles are How Punky Brewster Traumatized a Nation. Mm-hmm. And inside the perils of Punky, the Punky Brewster episode that scarred you for life. Yeah, absolutely. So that is how this episode of, is thought of in history accurately. I if would you, say. Yeah, if you ever look up any list of like what were some freaky television shows, this is there. This one and that Courage the Cowardly Dog show <laughs> episode, Freaky Fred, always end up on this list. When you talk about like inadvertent childhood trauma, this is always there. So yep. I'm very happy to be doing this one. It's the. It, this and the other episode that we did, Cherry Lifesaver, are both just, in different ways, just a little too scary to throw at a kid unprompted. Yeah. Some of Punky's episodes, the existential, the fears are existential, right? Sure. It's like, I'm going to be taken away from my foster father, Which the is, only person yeah. who has ever truly cared for me and been a stable force in my life. That's internal. That's psychological. This is like I'm being attacked by a gigantic spider the size of a sure. horse. Yeah. Primal, physical, dangerous, scary it's, things. It is. And it feels like the constant fear of abandonment and being alone is prevalent throughout this series, which is something that I don't know about you, but terrified me as a kid. What if my parents just one day disappeared? That you right. know, freaked me right the fuck out. And it's it's in here too, but just... Folks, let's just get into it. But before we, we go, Chelsea... 
I don't think I've got the strength to go on. I don't think I can do this without a snack. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. Let's do it. So as per trick-or-treat tradition, we have not one, not two, but three snacks because Halloween is snack season. So we have... Triple-treat tradition. We have a homemade snack or Mm -hmm. handmade snack. We have a sweet snack and we have a spooky snack. Right. So we're going to kick this off with, I guess, the homemade snack this time around? Your guess is as good as mine, Chelsea. Let's do it. So the homemade snack this time I made with my own little hands, Trader Joe's Pumpkin Chocolate Chunk Oatmeal Cookie Mix. Mm -hmm. These truly took me about eight minutes to put together, and then they bake for 15 minutes. So if they're any good... I would say that this would be like a really easy thing to have around your house in case you need to go to a Halloween party or have people over because it truly took no time to put them together. And if if our Trader Joe's track record is any indication, they're going to be awesome. Yeah, let's try them out. Good. I liked them. They're a little bit too pumpkin-y for me. Mm, I see. Definitely a good cookie. Chocolate was was a great. It just the flavor was just a little off for me to be able to give it like a start uh, an A mm-hmm. rating. But I mean, it feels as though you spent nine minutes on this. I know they were. They're very good. They were a little bit. I confess, I made them yesterday. I took them some of them to a party last night, and they were a little bit better yesterday. Mm. I feel like these are all my favorite words. Pumpkin, chocolate, chunk, cookie, yeah, oatmeal. I really like oatmeal cookies. Yeah. So I was really primed to like them. Miles, what do you think? I, the real beauty, with, I, I think they're really good, but the real beauty about the oatmeal cookie around Halloween is, mm-hmm. are those raisins? <laughs> oh, yeah. Or are those chocolate chips? When you put these out, I thought they were raisins, and yeah, that and, our friendship was over. Yeah, and the, and the <laughs> trick is, the trick is, to be brave enough to try it, sure. and the treat is realizing they are indeed chocolate chips. <laughs> oh, yes. You're I rewarded like for your bravery. You're going to be brave enough to ask your friends and be ready to end the friendship. That's right. On a dime. That's right. Well, let's fucking talk well, about it. what a, are we going to grade them? A oh, B? I think a B is good. Okay. What do you think, Miles? Miles? Yeah, yeah you're, B. You're a, sort of a part of all of this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely the brains. You're uh, ten. That's, that's what you mean <laughs> by sort of the part oh, of. Boy. Well, we're certainly not using... <laughs> Miles, you can be the brains, which yeah. we certainly do not use on this podcast about TV. Let's give these a B plus because I think that the... Uh, I also appreciate the, the chewy quality of these. They're, they're really good. Yeah, I'll give them a B plus too. I like that. Uh, that's known as edamame. Oops, sorry. That's umami. known as umami. That's known as edamame. <laughs> that's known as the edamame taste. <laughs> Please keep it's that the in. seventh taste. Hello from the podcast and not the editing floor. <laughs> Sweet, sour, acid, rotting corpse, umami, edamame. edamame. <laughs> Those are the six flavors, and the seventh one is yet to be discovered. It's like the periodic table of flavors. It's quantum flavors. It's quantum flavors. Yeah. Plasma. Okay. Technically, you've already tasted it. <laughs> Let's talk about a goddamn episode of television. Let's talk about two. So, Punky well, Brewster is an urban kid. The theme song drives this home. We launch right into the theme song. There's no cold open. But the very next thing we see is the uh, <laughs> all the urban kids and two urban guardians going 
camping. They're driving yeah, to go camping. It They're is, singing in the car. Remember a couple of weeks back during Facts of Life where we talked about how, you know, you shouldn't have shitty exposition about like, I know you're my friend. That counts for singing too. Yeah. You can't just be like, you, you can't start an episode with everybody singing a camping we will go. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. They might as well be like, listen, camping, I know that we're going to do you. <laughs> Mm. For number, numerous reasons, you can't do that. A couple of reasons I did not think out in advance. Spooky, anthropomorphizing an activity. Real brain crack out. Now I'm laughing at you. That's fine. So the uh, right back in high school, they get to Lake Wackahackshachi. Some stra- strange woods, which is definitely not driving distance from Chicago because there's no, a mountain in the background. Ma'am. I was like. Did they drive to Montana? Like, uh-huh. how far did they drive? Because there are no mountains that close to, within a day's drive of Chicago. Uh, we would both know this for yeah. a fact. It's Lake Waxahachie. Waxahachie. Home, a sign reads, uh, Lake uh-huh. Waxahachie, home of the Waxahachie Indians. Their words not That mine. checks out. So Yeah, get ready for the word Indian to be bantied about in this episode. It was fucking 85. Nobody knew any better. Yeah. So, so when we quote, we will quote that word. Yes. So Henry, Punky's foster father, says, I'd rather sleep under the stars than in the fanciest hotel in the world. And Betty, Cherry's grandmother, the other adult on this trip, points out that's just because then he doesn't get a hotel bill. Womp yeah. womp. They are having a lot of trouble in this episode. A, a, a small portion of it takes place outside. This this first part does. Right. And they clearly just shot these people, made like two attempts at actually recording sound at the time, and then it is an ADR bonanza. <laughs> it is just voice. It might as well be like the narration. It's voiceover for days. The other thing about this two-parter episode is that the first episode <clears throat> could be... Just a standalone Punky Brewster episode. I mean, yes, they're in the special world of sure. nature, yeah. but nothing happens that's outside the scope of a regular episode of Punky Brewster until the second half of this two-parter. It's a, it's a lot of setup. Yeah, so we're lakeside, and we get <laughs> They get tired, so they find a camping space because they're tired. Right. Good job. We've got here Henry and Betty, the two adults, Punky, her best friend Cherry, Betty's yeah. granddaughter, Margot, the stuck-up rich kid, and, and Alan, the aspiring Rambo. Professional hanger-on, <laughs> Alan. Um, so professional, why are you here again, <laughs> Alan? And, of course, Brandon the dog is there because like, yeah. no one loves the outside more than Brandon the dog. So Punky asks Henry, why are there so many dead trees around this lake? And he responds, he doesn't know. And I don't know, Punky. First- I guess it's bugs or something. That's my Henry. I'm working on it. Punky. <laughs> we get our first really nice. creepy music cue. Yeah, we are to make, they've hung a lantern on this dead tree to let us know the dead tree is not supposed to be there. (laughs) And Punky is just noticing every goddamn dead tree (laughs) in the world. I, I'm sorry. That's, uh, it's, well, it's, she's from the city where when a tree dies, they cut it down immediately. I guess so. So now dead trees just hanging out and no one coming to cut them down from yeah. freaking her out. Maybe they should have done a, Hey Henry, why are those telephone poles got branches on them? <laughs> Punky. Well, Henry bringing up the fact that it's maybe bugs causes Margot to flip out. But then Punky with her signature pluck is like, we're young. We're outside. It's summer. We're in the prime beef of our lives. This will it's be fun, good. and it's everyone cheers, and then we immediately get 
a montage. I mean, we are we are three and a half minutes into this episode. Yeah, we're and it already is montage time. Yeah, it's like we've already done too much. Let's start the let's start the shorthand within. I don't know, 90 minutes, I guess. Yeah. They've gone fishing. They're blowing bubbles. They're catching butterflies. They're playing horseshoes and badminton like they're retirees. They do a whole fucking badminton tournament, <laughs> as far as I can tell. <laughs> the, it's worth mentioning, by the way, that the soundtrack in this episode is out of control. Oh, yeah. It is a very specific person with a very specific synthesizer. <laughs> right. Who knows both the flute and the uh, pan flute setting. <laughs> <laughs> this is the the one of the few episodes that I've watched where Miles was in the background going, I really like this. I'm digging the sound in this. The, I like it, what I'm hearing. <laughs> it goes on a real journey. So it's like a foreboding naturey when you're when you first see the woods, and now it is like jazzy. You know, slightly up tempo shopping music. So we got it. We got to blow through what they actually would have been doing outside on this camping trip, so we can get to them getting lost in the woods, right. which is what has to happen. So Henry unleashes his plan to lose all of these children by sending them out for firewood. <laughs> yes, he tells he's them like, to stay close and you, stay together. You guys go find firewood. Don't go too far. So all four kids and Brandon trudge off. Brandon sees a rabbit, runs after it. Boudin confirmed that this was all too real. This part was very real for him. I understand. The need to chase a rabbit. Mm -hmm. The kids have to chase after Brandon the dog. The kids do a thing that you don't often see on television now, which I took special note of. Brandon runs down a hill, and the kids are like, let's go. And then they butt scoot down this hill. Yeah, they don't run straight down. I was like, huh. They're smarter than that. That's really cool. I was like, all right. They're that's, like, yeah, that's how you go. Usually people just walk out of a scene when these kids <laughs> take a solid 45 seconds to butt scoot down a hill. <laughs> no, they're like, and we I'm drove like, all this fucking equipment out to the woods. <laughs> you kids are going to butt scoot down this hill <laughs> if it kills you. Get back up there. We found a good hill. <laughs> <laughs> found a good Chicago style hill. Uh, it's just, it's a technique that I think that in we our... We come out here to Topanga, I mean the suburbs of <laughs> Chicago. We are in Vancouver, Minnesota for nothing. Come out to Griffith Park, Missouri. Uh, uh, oh, all the way out here in Chino, Indiana. Um, <laughs> They Man, find Brandon. This is a very specific Midwest <laughs> LA transplant joke set that really a very small majority, a small group of people are going to get. But you are all of all three of you are welcome for this. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Chelsea. They find Brandon the dog at the bottom of the hill. Uh, I'm sorry, that was off mic. They find Brandon the dog at the bottom of the hill. Snuggling with the He's rabbit. Friends with a rabbit. It's so adorable. And the fact that these kids don't take out phones or <laughs> video equipment reminds me that the internet is a long way off. Right, they just shake their heads like they're just like get away from that Brandon. rabbit. But what were they going to show Brandon wringing the rabbit's neck? You know, I mean, which is what would have actually happened. Fucking mad props if they did. <laughs> I'd have been like, all right. And then hippies, uh, hippie. And then Punky's like, oh shit, that's what, this is the dog's gone wild. Like, here yeah. we are. This is what happens. He's back to his roots. Turns into an old Yeller episode of Punky yeah. Brewster. No. 
they zoom, Perish that thought. They zoom in on this rabbit like it might be an evil spirit sent to lead Brandon and the kids <laughs> deeper into the woods. Rabbit's like, maybe I'm evil. Now we're outside an ominous cave. Yeah. It's, um, it's fucking right to the like, we're cave. Lost. Yeah, yeah, this is, what, six minutes in? Yeah. And we are already approaching the outermost cave. Yes. It's a very, <laughs> and then there's another very ominous sound cue. But truly, it's sort of like, we have to get these kids out of the city. We have to show them having fun camping. We yep. have to get them lost in the woods. We have yep. to get them into the cave. So then they can find out the backstory of the cave. So then we can actually start the action of the episode. It's... I mean, there are so many steps to get us to... Really, the call to adventure. We're not even at the call to adventure yet. This story is a bit chunky, is a phrase that I'm coming up with right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to. We also have to click away really quickly to show that time has passed because now Henry and Sherry's mom are... Grandma. Grandma, excuse me. Uh, Betty, right? Yep. Henry and Betty are now walking down a hill, definitely not butt scooting, no, and looking for the kids, and they are bickering, of and course. it is a real will they, won't they die yeah. of a heart attack. <laughs> Because they are very old, and they're walking around. Uh, They're trying to find the kids, and so clearly time has passed, and we go back to Punky and the kids still outside the cave, wondering what they should do. So Punky suggests that they stay in one spot, because it'd be easier for Henry to find them that way, which is actually the conventional wisdom about yes. if you get lost in the woods stay in one 100%. spot 100% um, if this were a best, very special episode about what to do if you got lost in the woods it wouldn't be go into a fucking cave <laughs> but, uh, but Alan ever the to quote Margot Chowderhead wants to explore the cave <laughs> Yeah, hold on <laughs> we've, we've missed something here so they <laughs> Sorry, this is just... So, first things first, Punky... Important plot point. 100%. First things first, Punky's like, Brandon, lead us back to camp using your sense of smell. And Brandon just walks him in a big circle and is like, fuck you. You took me away from my rabbit friend. And then Punky, they're like, why didn't Brandon help us? And it's because, number one, you put too much expectations on that dog. And he's a free spirit. Yeah. And then I think Punky's like, I think he's got a cold. And and Sherry's like, what should we do? And Alan's like, hey, we should give him some soup. And Margo says, Alan, we're lost. We don't have any soup. (laughs) And I wrote down, that's probably not the first time they've had to remind Alan there's no soup. I just get the feeling Alan has an attachment to soup that people are sick of. I guess you've forgotten about Alan in the previous episodes. He uh, wants to grow up to be Rambo. Yep, that's uh, the first that's time we his, see him. what he does for career day. Yeah. He makes fun of Punky for still wanting to be an astronaut after the Challenger blows right. up and says that his dad says that that's all dumb. He makes too many jokes during a CPR presentation and gets kicked out of right. The CPR so then Cherry almost dies because he doesn't know CPR in the and, moment when CPR is needed. And he puts it on himself. I'm actually happy to see him because I feel like we should have all been like on high alert. Should have been a suicide watch after that last and episode. And then he says maybe the most memorable phrase mm. for me in all of the punky canon, yes. which is, I'm not good enough to be good for nothing. <sighs> which, when it comes out of a single-digit kid's mouth, is <laughs> so funny. Unless that kid is in a dust bowl of some <laughs> kind. Unless that kid is near Charlie Chaplin. It is very nice. Yep. It's great so to that's, see. So that's Alan. That's little our, little, our little blonde Alan. And he wants to explore the cave. And because Henry told the kids to stick together, the girls follow him into the cave. 
And inside <laughs> the cave, there's a campfire burning. Run away. Sure. Surrounded by cave paintings, one of which seems to show these exact four children and their dog. Run away. Yeah. The kids are kind of creeped out by this, but they decide to sit around the campfire because they're out of the elements in here. And Punky keeps acting like she's cold, even though she says it's summer. She Sarah, someone gave her the direction she, yeah. to rub her arms. She is the only one who so is she's doing this. that throughout, even though they established that it was summer and she's right. wearing long sleeves and a vest. Yeah. But you know, up in the uh, San Gabriel Valley, it's <laughs> outside Listen, Chicago. What you don't understand about the deserts <laughs> it's of really fucking cold. Iowa. The Iowa desert gets super cold at night, Chelsea. That's just the fact of the matter. You don't know. You haven't been there. Yeah. It's a dry... <laughs> it's a it's dry so, cold? It's so dry <laughs> out in your, in your Nebraskas and your Indianas. And I'm so glad you have a map on your wall right now. <laughs> so, yeah. There's a campfire going. The cave painting. It's a spooky cave. I smell perils. And for Punky. For Punky. So... They're all scared, and so Punky suggests they do something that will make it fun to be scared, which is meth. <laughs> but she really, says, let's tell ghost stories so it'll be fun to be scared. And I'm like, that's 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 backward engineering. You tell ghost stories to get scared, yeah. because that's fun. You don't take a moment when you're already scared, yeah. and then try to scare your friends further. That feels counterproductive. Well, I'm already bleeding. What can we do to make it fun to be <laughs> right? It just. It's it's a little yeah it's fine this is this is still we're like maybe eight minutes into the forty minutes that make up these right. two episodes and we are already in a cave. Yep. Joseph Campbell would be so fucking proud. So <laughs> Punky starts to tell a ghost story about four kids stuck in a cave. With Good their job. Dog. Yep. Yeah, real escapism there, champ. <laughs> do, 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 do. As they're telling the story, as she's telling the story, they hear quote Indian drums. Oh yeah. And then four. Fully grown Native American men enter the cave and the kids freak out. Well, they say, this must be an Indian cave. Run! Which is... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to tell. I was like, is this racism? Is it just like, oh, we're scared of Indians? But then the in then there's the total like noble savage thing that happens yeah. to the rest of the episode where the Indians are in charge and more knowledgeable and all this kind of thing. You don't have time to wonder whether... Punky is off base with this before you realize the episode is off base. Right. When two large Native American men come in with spears. Right. And it's like, and, and menace some children. You're like, okay, well, this whole thing's, yeah. the whole system's out of order. In total, there were four. And mm -hmm. if they hadn't said, if they hadn't said this is an Indian cave, let's run before the men came in, then it would have been fine. Cause like, Four grown men of any stripe come in sure. and surprise you in a cave where you thought you were yeah. alone. Hey, Chelsea, You're gonna you, know freak out. you know what's a scary set of words? It's a grown man cave. Yeah. Run away. <laughs> <laughs> the men are in full regalia. Mm. Uh, I couldn't tell from watching it on Amazon Prime Video and the quality if they were Native American actors or if they were in red face. I couldn't I tell. I feel as though... Um, yeah, I, I can't I can't tell either. It's... it's Punky is... is Punky sits down to talk to the chief and he starts to tell them a story about a time many, many summers ago when this area was haunted by a wicked spirit who lives in the heart of this very cave. The spirit's name was Owatago Siam. Good job. Uh, and all who tried to defeat it died a horrible death. But then the brave little princess Moon and her friends took on the monster and they survived its traps and they battled it. Because the princess was full of goodness and love, mm -hmm. the, the demon fled from her and shot himself up in a living rock, and the land became fertile and green. But that's not the end of the story. Oh, okay. 
the evil spirit has escaped and the land is dying again. Um, so that is yeah. all leading up to the call to adventure. I mean, Everything that has happened so far has been leading up to the call to adventure. Listen, Chelsea, I listened to this Native American chief story, and uh, I think I'd rather listen to more Native American stories to be certain that the climate change spirit thing holds up to folk science. Yeah, go for it. Uh, until then, how do I know this isn't some sort of Native American science conspiracy? Perpetrated by the Chinese. Yup. Wait, what? <laughs> That doesn't... Okay, yeah, I guess that kind of holds yeah, together. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, they're flat, so right. it's easy to get over there. Yeah, Especially from uh, the mountains of the San Gabriel Valley. <laughs> <laughs> you just have a ship across Lake Michigan <laughs> to China, Canada. <laughs> so they, the Native American uh, says, hey, uh, I have a call to adventure for you. And Punky says no. And then she's like, I will accept that call to adventure. It is... This is a Joseph Campbell dream come true. <laughs> it truly is. Because he says They're to in her... in a fucking cave. Yeah. There are the, thresholds everywhere. He's the herald. The, he's the, uh, the person who brings the call to adventure. And he says, the spirit is back because it knows that Princess Moon no, no longer lives. Mm. And it is, it's, uh, the monster is stronger than ever. But that's okay. Because clearly the good spirits have sent someone full of light to be the new champion. They've sent you, Punky. And she's like, oh, no, this actually sounds like it might take a long time. And I have to get my teeth sure. cleaned on Monday. And also, I think Cherry or Margo says, this is such a bummer. Someone calls <laughs> it a bummer. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, but then Punky, uh, I think Margo, Margo says something like that. And Punky calls her a gloomy Gertie. Yes. And I'm sorry, in my house, it's gloomy Gus or it's nothing. Misogyny. It is misogyny. Correct. Correct <laughs> misogyny. The, the the Native American, they convince Punky to do it and then say, hey, remember, a spirit feeds on fear, so fight it with love. Helpful. And future Rambo journeyman <laughs> apprentice Alan says, I'd rather have a bazooka. Of course. And then four grown men with spears show children the way to peril. And then they leave them alone. <laughs> just get, oh, she does mention to the, the chief, she's like, hey. My uh, my adoptive father is out there looking for me. Will you go find him? And he's like, uh, if I have time. <laughs> the chief preys upon our sense of decency. He's like, look, if you don't help us, then the land will die. The animals will die. All the families will die. Everything will go away. And so Punky's like, well, they'll lose everything they have. We've got to help them out. And Margo goes, are you people insane? Mm -hmm. Margo is not here for any of this. Margo's At any been point, a really. Huge fucking wet blanket, but you know, at this point, I'm like, yeah. Rightly. Yeah, yeah. Margo. Listen. Fucking. So, you a bunch of kids. That's the refusal of the call that we get, which, of course, always turns into the hero accepting the call to adventure. Yep. And now we are embarking upon the majority of the storytelling, the actual rising action. Um, but it's almost, this episode's almost over. I mean, we've just we've just gotten started, and part one is almost over. It's true. So um, as soon as the kids embark on the journey, yep. they crawl through a little hole. The stalactites and stalagmites of the cave close behind them like teeth, and they're trapped inside. Yep. And Punky declares that she has Punky power, which makes the clave cave shudder and an earthquake and rocks fall. Yeah. And Brandon is having the time of his Brandon life. Brandon the dog is doing some of the best acting he of the is, series. He is fucking spot on. This is his Emmy episode. Brandon yeah. is For Brandon is he is chasing rabbits and then snuggling them. For your consideration. He is acting dog. like this cave is caving in around him. I mean, he's he's so serious about every move he makes in this episode. So they decide to go a little bit further into the cave. We're still in that first episode. And this is the first time 
a thought occurs to me is so they ever yes <laughs> hey everybody it's Andy I recorded this <laughs> just a few days later after the uh, to that last episode where Chelsea said something very insulting and um, well she was right I had never had a thought in my head before but I feel like that wasn't the thing to bring up at the time <laughs> Uh, so this is the first time uh, this thought occurs to me in the episode, is that they go into another set, and it's another cave set. And this is clearly its soundstage, and they've made this cave set. Yeah. Which means they've so far made three separate cave sets. <laughs> Somebody is building more and more <laughs> cave sets every time you have a new scene. Yep. And it's blowing my fucking mind <laughs> the budget to build all these cave sets must have been through the fucking yeah. 1985 roof. i actually have some quotes from the director of this episode oh, Lord have mercy. about how insanely stressful it was to make i have to imagine i can't getting a cave set together and then like you know just being like hey well, now we're walking this way through the cave right. would have been totally fine Every new scene is a new set. Yeah. I double checked to make sure that nothing was repeated. So get ready to hear me a bunch of time say, all right, so it's the next scene where there's another set. <laughs> uh, in this part of the cave, there are glowing eyes in the walls. Oh, this actually freaked me out a little bit. And then current day. <laughs> a truly horrifying mouth animation with swirling green smoke and fangs. A fucking dripping fangs. Jump scare for fuck's sake. And then it's the cliffhanger. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. It's done. I mean, it's it's. It's a jump scare now yeah, in 2019. I didn't feel great about it because they're just like, hey, what's over here? And then it is full cutaway just, to this spider with a weird, the mouth is so weird. On the mouth thing. is so weird. It's almost like a human mouth Kinda, with spider fangs. Yep. It's so gross. Okay, so that's to the end continued. of this episode. And I feel like now it's a good point for us to have our second snack of this episode. Are we doing, so we're doing spooky snacks now, which... So I've sort of, because I misunderstood how we were doing things this year, I did both of the spooky snacks. If you remember last time, I uh, curated a buffet of candy corn treats. Yeah, I call it death mix. Death mix. And then for this next spooky snack, I have taken the experience of trick-or-treating and brought it to all of us. So I have here three... Halloween trick-or-treat bags. Should I go outside and knock and then you nope. can... Okay. And there you go. Aww. It's various little trick-or-treat things for you. This is so sweet. Yeah, open them up and tell me what you got. I got a toothbrush. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those people that gives out toothbrushes. <laughs> yep. What you got there, Chelsea? I hope I'm not reliving some of your specific childhood trauma, but I feel no. like I am. I feel like... <laughs> a couple of them. I feel like I am. Yeah, 100%. So this is a punishment, right? Yeah, this is uh, the worst Halloween experience ever. Ooh. Did this actually happen to you? I have gotten... Um, I have gotten one, two, three, three out of the four things that I put in this bag. Uh, so the Halloween, the Halloween bag that I got for everybody is the worst possible things to get on Halloween. Uh, there's a toothbrush. There's a couple pennies. There's a religious pamphlet. Uh, and loose almonds. I mean, I ate the almonds. I'm not going to. We got to read the. We all have to read the track and see if we learn something. Oh my god, this is fucked up. 
Did you read? I sent you an article about. I think these people. Oh, the the pamphlets are uh, a personal favorite of mine, which is the Jack Chick Publications. Which, if you're unfamiliar, look them up. They are fantastic. They're little comic books about the size of an index card, uh, usually about you know 20 pages or so, that has a very heavy-handed story about somebody who's doing something wrong, and then somebody's like, well, what about Jesus? And they're like, that sounds good to me. These are like very special episodes to go. They are. They're like very special <laughs> religious episodes. Uh, what's which one do you have there, Chelsea? I have um, who loves you. Mine is somebody angry. <laughs> somebody angry. <laughs> Mine is the outcast. I'm calling an ambulance. Oh, Shirley, I'm so sorry. No, no, Janet, I'm not worth it. Please don't. Shirley, who did this to you? Don't call me Shirley. So yeah, there we go. That's the spooky snack this year is disappointment. Yeah, this is terrifying. Nice um, job. Thanks, All right. guys. Nice job. I feel like I got it. I feel like I nailed it. I'm not. Yeah, we're this. gonna call an A on this one. The, uh, yeah. Hey, where's my snack? Uh, all right, so let's get into part two of the Punky the Brewster Perils of Punky. Um, Scene one I have listed here. What the fuck continued? <laughs> So you remember they do a quick recap. They do the whole theme song again, then a quick recap. So we've only got 18 minutes to go, people. Um, the kids run away from the fucking spider with After Effects. We're about to go After Effects. It's not really green screen. There's no green screen, but we're uh, about to, well, we're about to go effects crazy in this thing. It is. The first thing the kids come upon is Mr. Pieces, as played by fantastic scene-stealing character actor Vincent Schiavelli, who you would instantly recognize yeah, if you saw him. professional in spooky guy. Everything. His arms and legs are stuck to a wall, and his decapitated head is shoved into a rock. He's okay, though. Nice guy. Just think about that sentence in your mind when you're thinking about a kid show. His limbs are in a rock! Yep. And his severed head is over there! Yep. It's really fucked up, and he seems to have been there so long that he's forgotten his name. Yep. So Punky names him Mr. Pieces. He was out hunting for gold when the evil spirit got him and tore him up and put him like this, and Punky's like, okay, cool. Well, nice to meet you. We're just going to go on ahead. Yeah. Bye. And he's like, cool. I wish I could help, but as you see, I really can't. I also uh, wish I could go bowling. Bye. Yeah. So the next thing is they're next to a red lit ledge and they look over it and they see the eye of Sauron. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they stare into the abyss. The abyss stares back. And each was absolutely <laughs> yeah. right. Um, Sherry drops a rock. Oh, into no, no, no. The first, abyss. first, Alan almost falls into the abyss. Of course. What a chowder. And the abyss is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. Anybody else? <laughs> we want Punky. We want the Punky one. <laughs> to fucking, just throw a rock in here. Um, so then there are spinny green eyes and a rock. I'm just going to list things. <laughs> I'm just going to list things that are happening. It sounds like you're describing an unfortunate meth incident. Well, greedy, just like spinny things and a rock. And the then... plot goes away. At this point, everything is scary things happening. So yeah. I'm just describing the scary things. until sure. Until the next dialogue scene. It's just this action sequence of kids facing scary things. It is. And the scary in things are new, really scary. new sets every time. This abyss, falling into this abyss seems pretty fucked up, and then they have to scooch along a right. ledge. And then there's a big pink bubbling cauldron and sure. a glittering tomahawk, which this has Princess Moon written all over it. Hey, 80s kids, if you find a tomahawk, 
go ahead and fuck around with it. <laughs> well, Punky's like, this might be the evil spirit's tomahawk, so I'm just going to leave it right here, which I kind of get, but also I'm like, A, it's very glittery and pretty. It's not yeah. the evil spirit's tomahawk. Mm-mm. And B, Although if you later... find your enemy's weapon, you take it with yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they can't tomahawk well, you. Well, don't worry about it. As soon as they leave, uh, some ancient Native American magic called blue screen. <laughs> Makes the tomahawk like come out of the mist and then tomahawk its way after <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, it rolls after them across the screen. Gently and menacingly, I put. <laughs> so then they come. Uh, gently and menacingly could be the title of this entire episode. It's also the title of my R&B album. <laughs> <laughs> the Gentle Menace. Gently and menacingly. Um, they come upon a huge spider's web. Which so- is, again is another in another god damn set. Yep. So Brandon crawls under it, Brandon the dog, and all the kids follow suit, and they make mm. it, but then fucking Shelob falls out of the ceiling like this is <laughs> Skyrim or some shit, and grabs Punky, and the rest of the little kids jump back, and they jump into the web, so then they're caught in the web anyway. Uh, just so you know, Chelsea, like, uh, half of the nerd listeners on this show now have a crush on you. <laughs> Based on your two references there, they're like, Chelsea gets it! She's the one! Um, <laughs> he's my heroine. She's a dragonborn. <laughs> <laughs> I am the dragonborn, and I am the archmage. The special effects go nuts. There's a huge, Jesus. huge slimy fangs on this thing. It's legitimately horrifying. It, I wrote it's as horrifying as it is fake. Is it a puppet? Is it a person in a spider suit? It's it's hard to tell. Is it a robot? Like what? How is it operating? But the thing is three in... times the size of Tiny Soleil Moonfry, yeah, yeah. and it has her on the ground, and it's on top. I mean, it's and they it's keep a physical fight. Showing this like fucking mouth on this thing is fucking full of sharp teeth, but somehow weirdly human and drooly, drippy. Yeah, it's it's really fucked up. The lights are going berserk. Yeah. Um, Brandon. I wrote it down here. The mouth on this thing. Because <laughs> I'm assuming it's cursing. Brandon attacks and distracts because that's what dogs are good good at. The um, other kids fall into a web because that's what they're good at. Right. They're totally, I mean, they're trapped. They can't really help. And then, but then Punky manages to sort of like get free because Brandon is distracting the spider. And then the glittery tomahawk appears. Yes. And she said, she was told to fight. The monsters with love, but I guess good old fashioned violence also works yeah, yeah. in this moment because she tomahawks the shit out of that spider. Yeah. And it disappears. And once it's gone, the spider also disappears. The web disappears and the kids are free. But poor Margot has had a psychotic break. Yeah. And she just gives up. She sits there and she's like, I can't do this anymore. And as soon as she gives up, and she says, she, I've got bird bones, which is real weird, but <laughs> yeah, okay. Yes. And she goes, tweet, 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 mm-hmm. and then she just fades into thin air. Well, my favorite part is uh, uh, Sherry and Alan are, like, talking to her. you okay, Margo? And she's like, I not oh, can't take any more. I've got bird bones. I need help. And they go away from her. They're yeah. like, hey, Punky, she's fucked up. <laughs> and she disappears into thin air. Yeah, I wrote, holy shit, no one is going to believe this at Henry's trial. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, yeah, I took these Chicago. kids into the woods and then they just disappeared into thin air one by one. Evil spirit, I think. Yeah, get yeah, ready sure for the, the case of the Chicago spider. <laughs> right. Uh, he so then there's spiders an, for his his murders. There's an evil laugh, oh. and it's not Rich Carell. 
It's um, not. This evil spirit makes a Mr. Rogers joke because ancient evil has public television access. <laughs> and then Alan gives up and he fades into thin air. Well, first of all, after Margot goes, he says, people don't just disappear. And nobody reminds him about the soup situation. So <laughs> he seems fine. Yeah, Alan's fucking gone. And uh, that's fine. Nobody, nobody, I'm just going to say nobody runs around to check all the old fridges. If you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, After Alan's gone. Well, I, just thought, I thought we'd go. established a rule that if you fight the monster with like pluck and love and good goodness, that mm-hmm. if you give up and you give in to despair, then you disappear. I think that's so it. that seems like the rule, except that then Cherry disappears and she hadn't given up. She and Punky are just walking along, and well, she just disappears. Here's the thing. It really feels as though they're doing the Punky's been alone forever, and, you know, that's her greatest fear. And right. now, like, she's systematically being left alone. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the writers have actually said, like, that's what they were going for. This idea yeah. that that your friends and family would totally abandon you would be the scariest thing for a kid. Yeah. So the evil spirit is talking to her. It's it's a legitimately super creepy voice provided by series creator and scribe of this episode, David Ducklin. He's yeah. the one doing the creepy monster voice. He's a very good voice actor. She thinks she's all alone, but then her friends come back as like zombie demons. This it's, is this it's is, something that Punky and I can never unsee. This is really fucked up. So it's she's like, I want my horrible. friends back. A piece of the wall falls off, and there's um, Alan mask with sharp teeth that's like laughing and like green eyes are, skin. Yeah, and, yeah. And then a weird headless Sherry comes out of the shadows. She's got red glowing eyes, and then oh, not headless. She's just a head. Oh, that's what I mean. Sorry, yeah. just a head. And then fucking Margot's skeleton drops from the ceiling, and it goes back and forth between a ridiculous-looking skeleton puppet and with then a doll a, head, and then a close-up on Margot's like sneering, snarling face—zombie face, like zombie like, makeup, skin peeling you. off. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, okay, cool. Punky still like when this is all over and they go back to Chicago. Punky's gonna always see that when she looks at her friends. Yeah, there's no one seeing this. Yeah, Punky says aloud at this point. She runs away from these demon apparitions of her friends, and then she says, Henry must be so worried about me. So then the evil spirit shows her a vision of Henry and Betty chatting languidly next to the lake about how they won't really miss the girls. Now they can go on vacation. Being parents was fun, but meh, it's a lot of work. Yeah, they're going to run off to Club Med together. It's a real, will they, please don't they. (laughs) Punky pretty quickly figures out that this is a trick of the spirits. She has a moment of being like, oh, Henry doesn't want me. Say, wait a minute. Wait a second, but to be Um, fair, Henry's like grumpy enough that it's only 40% chance (laughs) there's actually a trick. She turns around to talk to Brandon the dog who is now a skeleton and my nerves can't take so it. So fucked up. And three times bigger, which makes it like a whole thing. And for he's me. like wagging a skeletal. I can't take it. So now, even though we've been in a literal cave this entire time, we are actually approaching the inmost cave. <laughs> now we're actually gonna yeah. do it. Punky's alone and she finally encounters the spirit who is of course made of glitter with Freddy Krueger hands. If Freddy Krueger borrowed David Bowie's bedsheet. <laughs> The spirit's like, you hate me, don't you? You weak little brat. And Spunky's like, Punky's like, Spunky. Yeah. Yeah, I hate you. And I'm like, no, that's the one thing they told you not to do, Punky. That's he loves hate. That's this his is, thing, man. This is like a real Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, <laughs> dark side, light side conundrum. Yeah, just trying to get all those nerd fans. Yeah, really. After you, I speak your language. The supreme. He knows about Star Wars, too. <laughs> 
the next thing that happens is the supreme ordeal this is the showdown all hope seems lost but just then princess moon played by punky in her thanksgiving pageant costume (laughs) shows up to help out she says that punky's fear and anger make the monster stronger and her advice is trust in your heart Punky doesn't understand, and also I don't understand. I don't understand it. And Princess why. Moon disappears. Oh, she also says, let love be your sword. And I wrote, what about the glittery tomahawk? Did yeah, you, you just leave that, that somewhere? You could probably let that could tomahawk that be, my sword? be your sword as well. <laughs> lots of things. You can find a stick to be your sword. <laughs> Punky fights with love then by saying she's not afraid of the monster anymore, and which yeah. well, I don't know what changed, but uh, I guess because she does do a her thing where she's like, showed up. yeah, she's like, I feel sorry for you. She don't know what love is like. And he's like, shut up, which <laughs> is really how did. I would do it. I'm not particularly evil, but I'd be like, hey, fuck you, kid. <laughs> first, first, he hits her with extreme heat and cold and which he, she no, doesn't flinch. He sends some fire clip art after her. And she's <laughs> yeah. like, man, yeah. I'm all right. Actually, I'm not afraid. I was complaining about being cold earlier, but now it's like a thing between you and me. So I yeah. can't talk about it. She says there are a few bad people on Earth, but most people are good and kind. Use your power to feel the kind people across the Earth. And apparently doing this, feeling the love of the kind people across the Earth, is too much for the demon. And he screams that it hurts, and the demon dissipates. Only after we use as many fireworks effects as humanly possible. (laughs) As we could afford. It is. Let me think. We're talking 1985. It is as though I'm watching a warrant concert. (laughs) (laughs) The pyrotechnics are so out of control. So now we have the reward and consequences. Clearly, our hero, Punky, has triumphed. Her friends are back to their old selves. Brandon is restored. Mr. Pieces is here now. He's restored. He's ready to fucking go bowling. He's ready. And then it turns out we're back around the campfire, and it was all, this was all Punky's ghost story. As the notorious B.I.G. once said, it was all a story a little girl was telling. It was all a nightmare. Yeah. But this doesn't explain why there's a fucking cave painting of the, these four kids and, and their the campfire. dog on the wall, which is still there. Still there. On the wall behind them. But as they're sitting here being like, great story, Punky, Henry and Betty find them. Yeah. So again, if this were a very special episode about staying put when you get lost in the woods, this would be an effective closing moment of be being like, and, we found you. Downs. I still feel as though I would not show it to a kid. Uh, to, for many reasons. For so many reasons. Unless you want that kid sleeping in your bed for the rest of your life. Mm-mm. So yeah, so that's it. It was all a Halloween dream slash nightmare. End of Perils of Punky. That was really it. And yeah, as traumatizing as I remember it, to be honest with you, like I can certainly like look at it now and be like, well, what goofy effects. But like I looked at it trying to see it through uh, a person who was my age when they saw it. And in the 80s when we were all stupid and we thought, you know, fucking uh, hair metal was cool and that you should order anything but ice cream from a Dairy Queen. We right. were stupid back then. And looking at it in that way, it's just too much it's not like fun scary there's like fun scary to be had in here but like the spider and the dead friends and the just being lost in a cave ain't fun it's just kind of fucked up it's it's interesting that you were super scared Mm -hmm. because i read this really interesting article an article on yahoo entertainment that came out in 2015 where Mm -hmm. it was um uh, about the making of this episode, they interviewed the director and a bunch of different people. I'm sure, that would have been the 30th anniversary. Right. And they interviewed uh, Cherry Johnson, who played mm-hmm. Cherry. 
And she says that it all seemed very lame to them on the set. Like, <laughs> sure. all the effects and things seemed lame. Especially considering that she and Soleil Moon Fry and the actress who played Margot would get together every weekend and have slumber parties and watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and The Omen sure. while their parents cooked up big pots of <laughs> spaghetti and chili. Um, and she all said right. we... Because they were blood red foods. Oh, I gotcha. She said, we would gross everybody out around us, but we were having the time of our lives. We were just different kinds of kids, I guess, because we knew it wasn't real. When we were shooting perils, we knew there was a props department. We probably saw them making the spider and hoisting it up on its wires. So I don't think the crew was worried about us being afraid. If anything, mm. they had to be afraid of us trying to jump and play on it. So it sounds sure. like this didn't scare, didn't scar or scare so the they child did, they actors. They didn't have to do the, the shining thing where they convinced the kid he wasn't in a horror movie. Right. They're just like, hey, it's a spider. And they're like, it looks stupid. Yeah, fine. Can we kick it? No, don't kick it. Oh, shit. But when they when this article asked Art Dealhen, who directed Perils of Punky, mm-hmm. to comment, he said, so basically you're saying that I scarred an entire generation? <laughs> I'm sorry. I wasn't responsible. I was just taking orders. Oh, wow. Um, he had already directed over 20 episodes of Punky Brewster prior to this one. And then he, he ended up directing 44 episodes of Punky Brewster overall. Mm-hmm. And he approached it as he did any other installment. In fact, he says the only thing that really scared him was the thought of missing his deadline. It was such a challenging episode. And as the person tasked with getting it all done, the size outweighed the task of making it scary. So it was a very different experience making it than the experience you describe having seen it, which is probably true of everything. I'm guessing. But like you said, first of all, they're on a location. Mm-hmm. Out in, um, they had to fly all the way definitely out to Wisconsin, Illinois, to do this. Um, and then they're they're building all these sets and all these monsters. There's all these computer computer yeah. effects. <laughs> wow. um, There's not enough quotes in the world to put around computer right. and effects. Uh, they've hired like this very specific character actor who I'm sure yeah. charged whatever the rate he deserved was, sure. which was more than a regular extra or not extra, more than a regular what guest star Day player. Yeah, it must have uh, it must have been a very extremely stressful episode to direct, and he seemed to have been really caught up in that more than thinking about the scarring effects he was going to have on mm. children. There's a lot of writing about this on the internet. For instance, this article on strangefamousrecords.com, which mm-hmm. is a blog, this author saying that they went back and watched it in 2009 because they couldn't. They imagined that it must have. They must have dreamed most of it up sure like it can't have really aired this way yeah. but then i went back and watched it the author is like my fears and confusion have been confirmed this is definitely as bad as i thought it was and she said she remembers her fourth grade teacher mrs maloney standing in front of our class and denouncing punky brewster the day after it <laughs> aired denouncing. Um, normally the teacher would take time to applaud punky for saying no to drugs or something but after sure. this episode the teacher was um, like no more punky as the prophecy says you will deny punky three times before the cock grows <laughs> yeah let's get into our last snack please which before we talk about who we wanted to hug and what we learned what we have here is so this is our sweet snack i saw this and i thought well there's there's no way i can let this pass me by yeah even though we have definitely said go fuck yourself to oreos well this is what we have here is limited edition Mystery Oreos, and mm. you—it is a mystery flavor cream. Mm. Regular, cho- I don't like the sound of regular, that at all. <laughs> regular chocolate Oreo cookie, 
And then you are supposed to guess the flavor for a chance to win $50,000. Okay, so we better not say what the flavor is or else no. people will steal our chance to win the money. There is a clue on the back that says, it pairs well with chocolate, hence why we chose it. Well, concerning your track record, that's not always a criteria. That could be fucking anything. And um, it says, we'll keep the suspense till everyone knows it. However, if you go to mysteryoreo.com, you can unclub- uncover more clues and submit your guess. So, here we are. We're going to taste these. We're going to see if we can discover the mystery flavor. Let's see what we find. Once again, thank you to Altered Revelations for all of the awesome snack time music on this episode. They're playing at the Viper Room once again on October 27th. Go to Eventbrite. Go to alteredrevelations.com to snag those tickets. Uh, yeah, folks, we uh, of our own volition just talked about this mystery for a solid five minutes. We went and looked up the clues, and this room is divided on what we think the taste is. Chelsea, what what is your guess? Maybe I'm crazy, but... I'm getting some sort of apple notes, or maybe an apple cinnamon. Oh, like Apple Jacks. Yeah. Yeah. In 2017, they had a mystery flavor, and the answer was Fruity Pebbles. So what if they're just doing Apple Jacks this time? There are 20, as of 2019, March 2019, there were 25 flavors of Oreos on the market, including all the Oreo Thins and the fudge-dipped Oreo Bites and everything. It just tastes like cinnamon to me. That's It's that's not really minty. It. I think most importantly, it didn't make us want to die and we had more than one. So that's that lands successful snack based on our numerous Oreo attempts. Yeah. It's definitely better than say your peanut butter pie Oreos. Yeah. It's of course nowhere near a Rocky Road Mm-mm, trip Oreo. Nothing is, nothing ever will be. Um but it's not bad. Yeah. What would you give it? I'd B plus. Yeah. Same thing. It's It'd fine. It would help to know what it was. I feel like it would taste better if I was like, oh, yeah, it tastes like that. That's half the, the half the flavored Oreo's journey is being like, yeah, they did yeah, get that is. flavor right. It's like an adaptation. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I can see the source material in that. Yeah, absolutely. Let's put these in the freezer until they reveal what it is and then eat another one and see Sounds if it makes fine to sense. Me. All right. Great. That's our plan. We'll cryogenically freeze these like so many Walt Disney heads. All right. So we know that this traumatized us as kids. Yep. That that said, would we show this to kids as um, an instructional video for what happens if you find yourself uh, the new unwitting human sacrifice for (laughs) an ancient evil trapped in a cave? Sure. I think that. If you need to show it to kids, it's to show them that horror movies have really come a long way and they're super nuanced now. And be thankful that, you know, effects have indeed gotten more special. Yeah. They're very special effects. <laughs> These are very special effects. Uh, many very special effects. What about I agree. You? What would you would you show this to kids? Let's just broaden it under any fucking circumstances. <laughs> no, yeah. I really wouldn't. It's it's, it, it's a lot. It is a lot. And it's also it, the only reason I would ever want anybody to see this to be like, hey, I watched this when I was a kid and it really fucked me up. It also kind of doesn't really drive the point home of like, no. she defeats with her pluck and good good humor and courage and love. It doesn't seem like Because that's so it's... lost and it feels so hurried and tacked on at the yeah. end after so much yes. preamble that you really... 
it doesn't stick that landing. The punky's usually really good about driving home the points yeah. that it's trying to make. This seems to have been like all in fun, yeah. you know? And it, it's, there are things in there like, you know, where we talked about the, you know, feeling alone and, you know, those sorts of fears. They aren't addressed and just, you know, remembering that there are good people in the world doesn't always solve all your problems. No, right. Just telling an evil spirit that as though it hasn't gone yeah. around and door to door checked on everybody. That's a good way to get some knife fingers in your face. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Oh, who, who, did, who did you want to hug, Chelsea? I mean, Margot didn't sign up for any of this. She like, uh, she, uh, she definitely signed up for other things. <laughs> Margot doesn't want to be part of this. She did call two different people peasants. <laughs> I, I identify. All right, fair. I don't. Must be nice. <laughs> um, yeah, you are often calling people peasants. I want to I want to hug any of our listeners who now have a crush on Chelsea because she <laughs> mentioned Lord of the Rings and Skyrim in the same breath. Sorry, fellas and ladies. She's taken. But it's just Miles, so maybe you get a chance. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Miles is just a grown-up Alan, so maybe if you throw some soup in one direction, and <laughs> Chelsea's throw the soup away from Chelsea, that is maybe the most you have a Miles chance. trap that anyone could lay oh, <laughs> to throw soup oh. in one direction. What is that EDM flavored? Oh. <laughs> Uh, yes. Chowder head. <laughs> it's not a direct, it's not like an insult. It's, it's like when you're yeah. a deadhead or, you know, you're a big fan of anything. Alan's well, a chowder head. You're our chowder head. <laughs> but New York chowder head. The, the least oh, popular gross. chowder head there is. Tomato based chowder head. <laughs> oh, I didn't order this chowder head. <laughs> I'll try it. Nope. Nope. Don't like it. Don't like it. Don't like it. All right. Well, I guess that's the end of this bizarre episode. <laughs> what a uh, what a journey! What a long, strange, soupy trip it's been. Did you learn anything? Nope. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I learned that I was right when I thought back on this episode and thought, "Wow, that was too creepy for a child my age." Yeah. Uh, which doesn't doesn't really undo any of the emotional scars. Uh, identifying the problem is the first step. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's not, not all the not steps. All the steps. <laughs> we want to remind you again about click or treat. Click or treat. It's going on right now. You still have a chance. Yep. Even, even we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, just because you're at the end of this episode does not mean that the contest is over. No, it goes on until October the 31st. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, really quickly, leave us an iTunes review. Yep. Post about us on social media. Yep. Then send us an email or a DM telling us your address. You'll get a coaster or a sticker depending on what you say you want and you'll be entered to win the very special prize package all the details are on our website huggingandlearning.com mm-hmm. and we're excited to hear from you we're excited to connect with you and Absolutely. we're excited to get some new uh, listeners on this thing for sure and thank you very much for taking this weird halloween journey that we is our now annual tradition yeah as we stated before you just gotta do it two years in a row it's annual and it's annual and we we gotta get ready for our, our annual insane Christmas episode <laughs> so I guess we'll need to find cocaine um, <laughs> candy canes? do you say candy canes? candy cocaine <laughs> so we will see you next time folks bring snacks bye, bye. 
listening to Hugging and Learning. If you want to visit us online, our website is huggingandlearning.com, where you can find links to all the articles we talked about today, as well as our post office box where you can mail us snacks. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and tell your friends about us. If you want to drop us a line, you can email us at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us about the experiences you've had with things we talked about. Or you can send us suggestions on which episodes we should do next. Our podcast is produced by Miles Pulaski, who also wrote our theme music. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. See you next time. Bring snacks! (laughs) Happy Halloween! I've got diabetes.